What's up, everybody? There's one thing I forgot to say about my show. In my show, not about my show, sorry. Is that I hate that expression. If you want to be the champion, you got to beat the champion. Meaning that you have to beat them so bad that there's no doubt. Like, we're in the rule book of UFC, of not UFC, of MMA or boxing. Does it say that? Like, this is a pugilistic sport, right? So tell me where in the rule book does it say that? Because I hate that people have that stupid mindset. Anyway, thank you for listening. This is episode 34. I would try to be back on a regular basis. I got really sick. Luckily, it wasn't COVID. It was just a cold. I'm still kind of sick. <coughs> See? Enjoy the episode, guys. Deuces. What's going on, everybody? I know. I know, bro. I should just stop apologizing and just be happy I'm doing this again, right? I got really sick. There's no ifs and bounds. But around it, I got really sick. And we're just going to move on. So we got a lot, of, got a lot to get to. We're going to start with UFC 267. Brockovich versus Teixeira. I couldn't remember the name. Don't judge me. Anyway, let's get to it. UFC 267. Brockovich versus Teixeira. Glover, at age 42, becomes your new light heavyweight champion. People were saying Jan Brockovich looks slow. Like, what was up with him? He did not look slow, okay? Glover Teixeira is an absolute killer. I need everybody to understand that. Glover Teixeira is an absolute killer. And people need to put respect on his name. Because he deserves it, okay? He deserves it to a level that people weren't giving it to him. Because, let's be honest, Jan Brakovich caught him. And I think he got overconfident in his power. <clears throat> so... He got a little reckless where Glover just took him down, choked him out. What's next for Glover? If I can find what I did with oh, I think I just found it. Can I tell you guys something? I have so many tabs open <clears throat> on my computer that sometimes I get lost with what I did. So what's next for Glover is Yuri Prochatska. Jan Brakovich. Let me see here. 
I went by Santos. Didn't they fight back in the day and Santos beat him? It was a good fight. But before I'm getting too far ahead. What I wanted to say is Glover's very good. If you guys know any of his backstory, it took him a long, long time to get to the UFC because he couldn't get a green card to get into the country and fight for the UFC. And by the time he got in, I believe he was either around 32 or 33. So he wasn't exactly a young spring chicken. <clears throat> he was up there in age. And unfortunately, John Jones was ruling over the division at the time. And nobody was able to, to get the strap from him. The only one relinquishing the strap from John Jones was himself, unfortunately. But then once John left, they like gave new life to the light heavyweight division, right? Because they were all just there. Like, John had that close fight with Santos. He had that close fight with Reyes. <clears throat> A lot of people assumed maybe Yuri would have been the one to take him out if they would have fought. But we're never going to see that happen. So for Glover, I believe his next challenger will be Yuri Prochatska at some point in 2022. Going back to the fight, Glover stayed composed. Again, for 42, he could take a good hit because Jan Brokovic cracked him. But when I say cracked, he cracked him hard. A lot of people are mad at Jan's performance. I believe Glover just found a hole in his armor. It took him down. The can opener. You could clearly see that it was messing with Jan Brakovic psychologically. He did not like that at all. Hold on. <clears throat> I don't know what happened. But the can opener, Jan didn't like it at all. And he was like freaking out. So when I saw that, I'm like, it's only a matter of time he slips a choke in. Because I don't know if something was wrong with Jan's jaw or neck. Because the choke, again, I'm not a fighter, but the choke did not look like it was all the way in. Didn't look that tight from where I'm, when I'm sitting. Again, I don't know what Glover squeeze feels like. Because certain guys have a squeeze that it doesn't need to be all the way in where you feel like you're about to die. I have felt that before. So, let's not go knocking on. So, Yuri's next. And then, sadly, um, I guess Alexander Wreckage and Anthony Smith were supposed to fight in December, but Anthony Smith got a staph infection, so he's out. And then Alexander Wreckage tried to get a fight with Yuri by saying, Yuri denied the fight, and then Yuri clapped back saying, that's not true. I denied nothing because I was never offered the fight. Because I believe Yuri's the number one contender because he was used as the backup fighter. Okay, let's move on to Corey Sanhagen versus Peter Yan. Can I say this? <clears throat> Peter Yan is the best... 135er in the world right now. To me, he's the best fighter in the world right now. And he's number one pound for pound. <laughs> this, guy, this guy has no weaknesses. The only weakness you can say is that 
It takes him a little while to get going. Like he uses the first. <sighs> the first few rounds as throwaways. But what, third through fifth, Peter Yan is on. Like, I believe he lost the first round. I gave him the second round, and I gave him each round going forward. But he uses the first round like a throwaway. Like, he uses the first round to get his opponent's timing down and to get the range down. Because after that, it's the Peter Yan show. And Corey Sanhagen, she's a good fighter. He will be champion if Peter leaves, because I don't see anybody taking the bell off Peter. Not even TJ. Like if Peter one day feels like going up to featherweight, I don't know if he's that big. He doesn't look that big. But if he's somehow just retires or wants to move to a different division, I believe that's when the bantamweight division will open up. But right now I don't I don't see anybody taking the bell off Peter. I believe Henry retired for a reason because he knew how good Peter was. I'm not saying Henry was scared, but I believe Henry knew Peter would have gave him a hard time and he just didn't want to deal with it. So what's next for Peter is he's going to fight Aljamain Sterling. Although he he is putting out tweets. Whoever runs his Twitter, awesome. Like, please, whoever runs his Twitter, keep running his Twitter because that dude sends out some sweet tweets. Like, the other day he he he, he tweeted towards TJ. He's like, hey, cheater, are you healing up nicely or something along those lines? It was great. So Peter will probably fight Aljermaine Sterling next. And like another thing is Aljo just has to be quiet. Aljo, just please be quiet and fight Peter. Corey... It'd be nice to see him honestly fight Marab Dizvashasvili or because Pedro Munoz and Dominic Cruz are going to fight. Yeah, give him Marab because, okay, so Peter's going to fight Aljo. Rob is going to fight Aldo. Or give him the winner of Rob and Aldo. And then TJ, I'm assuming, will fight the winner of Peter Yan and Aljermaine Sterling. Even though Peter Yan would rather fight TJ at this point. Bantamweight is up in the air, man. Like It's one of the best divisions the UFC has right now. Especially with Marlon Vera coming up. We'll get to Marlon Vera a little later. Islam Mahashev beats Dan Hooker. Like at this point, with Islam, what you do is... Well, first of all, I would want to say like his ground game is second to none. The Kimura lock that he got, he was looking for it the whole fight, and then he eventually got it, and Hooker had no choice but to tap out or let his arm break. 
I believe it's a matter of time before Islam gets his hands on the belt. Like, he's the uncrowned champion at this point. For Islam, what I would do is... Because Oliveira and Poirier are scheduled to fight. Gaethje just won. Okay, you could do two things with Islam. You could have him fight Benil Darius or if Justin Gage is willing to take that fight, have him fight Islam either at the end of this year because there's still a couple fight cards open or at the beginning of next year before Ramadan. That way when you come back from Ramadan, you can fight for the title. I mean, because it'll open. Like right now, the division is not too open, so... Recently, Justin Gaethje just beat Michael Chandler. By the time the year's over, we'll have the result of Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. If anything, if I was Islam, I'd be like, give me the loser of that fight. Because there's number one versus the champion. So you're, if you beat the loser of that fight, you're guaranteed a title shot in your next fight. Because right now everything's still up in the air because there's Justin Gaethje, right? But just his fighting style, like his stand-up's crazy. I like how he's like Khabib and once they get the takedown, they don't overly commit to something. They let something gradually come to them like the Kimura lock. He was looking for it the whole fight. Him and Oliveira would be a good fight. For Dan Hooker, fight Tony Ferguson at some point next year. Or fight Rafael Dos Anjos at some point next year. Like, Dan Hooker's a good fighter. Like, people say because he's, he's had a couple losses here and there. He's not a good fighter. Yes, he is. He's a great fighter. It's just that once you get into the top five, it's a nightmare. You got Michael Chandler at number five, Islam at number four. Darius at number three, Gaethje at number two, and Poirier at number one, and then Oliveira is the champion. So again, I will say this. I believe once Islam becomes the champion, nobody's beating that guy. Nobody. All these Russian guys, like, it wouldn't surprise me if in a couple of years we have all Russian champions. The only place I don't really see that happening is heavyweight because of Francis. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tibura. Again, there's another Russian heavyweight. But he's had a hard time with wrestlers. Unless he can figure that out. Wait, what's his ranking? He's number five. He's lost to Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. Ciro and Francis are fighting in January. If I'm Alexander Volkov, I would ask for a fight with Derek Lewis because he could win that fight. He was winning that fight up until the last 30 seconds of the fight. But that's a fight he could definitely win. And it'll propel him to the top three of the division.
Let's move up to Hamza Chimayev versus Li Ji Lang. I hope I said that right. The sky's the limit for this guy, bro. Like, the last time I saw something like this was Anderson Silva when he was knocking everybody out. But this is more impressive because of how frequently he's doing it. I mean, did you guys see the way he grabbed that dude and walked over to Dana just to talk some smack? You guys did see that, right? Like, I wasn't the only one. Like, this guy's so dominant within four fights. Um, he's taking virtually no damage in the UFC. I can't speak about his other fights because I, I haven't seen him. But for this guy to be 10-0 right now, and the battle he had with COVID, he almost, he didn't almost, he retired, but then he came back. What's next for Hamza? I'm going to tell you. If I were the matchmaker, I would give him a title shot now. That's me. But he's number 10, right? You got Blah Muhammad, Neil Magny, Jorge Masvidal, Michael Chiesa, Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns, and Colby Covington. I would have him fight Neil Magny because Neil Magny has been trying to get a fight with him. So I haven't fight Neil Magny either at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. That's good progression. And then you haven't fight somebody in the top five, whether it be Steven Thompson, but somebody in the top five. And then if you have to progress him a little bit more, <coughs> somebody in the top three before he fights for the title. Like, if it were up to me, you'd be fighting for the title next. Or at the very least, a top four guy. Like, I wanted to see him fight Vicente Luque. But I don't think that's going to happen. They don't want to get him to fight Nate, and Nate said no. But the sky's the limit for Hamza Chimaev. I do believe at some point next year he will grab a hold of the title. Him versus Kamar Usman is going to be insane. Trust me on that. It will be insane how crazy that fight is going to be. Magomed Akilaiburgs is Volkan Ozdemir. Again, another Russian dude that's probably going to get the title at some point. I'm going to say this here. What time is it? It is November 10th, 5.08 p.m. In 2022, because I believe, as much as I love Glover, I don't believe his reign will last very long. In 2022, we're going to get Magomed Akilaev versus Yuri Prochatka for the light heavyweight title. I said it. I believe this because these are the two best guys. Nobody's talking about this guy because of how good he is. Let's see his ranking. 
He's number six. What I would do, but I wouldn't want to do this to Anthony, is have him fight Anthony Smith once. Anthony Smith is better. But I don't see Anthony Smith winning that fight as much as I like Anthony. I don't see him winning that fight. Because Yuri's going to fight for the title next. That's what he was promised. Unless they fight next, Yuri and Mangamaraki live. So we'll see, man. Like, that's going to be a fight of violence. You don't want to miss that fight once it happens. It should be for the title. Let's move on to UFC. No, not yet, not yet, sorry. Okay, so that's it for UFC 269. Let's go to Bellator 270. Patricky Pitbull beats Peter Queeley. That was a crazy fight because if you guys remember, the first fight, Patricky Pitbull was coasting to a victory and then all of a sudden, Peter Queeley opens him up with some elbows. This is the first fight I'm talking about. And then in the second fight, it became a little weird, right? Because Patricio Patricky's young, younger brother, he was a double champ, but then he eventually lost to AJ. He gives up the lightweight belt so his brother could try to take it. So with him giving up the lightweight belt, Patricky versus Peter Quilly too was for the vacant belt. So these guys fight. Patricky again starts controlling, controlling the fight. And then he eventually knocks out Peter Quilly. In Dublin, no less. So now both Pitbull brothers have held gold for the for the Bellator promotion. Patchy Minks beats James Gallagher with a third round guillotine choke. This was crazy because James Gallagher was the one going the whole fight looking for that choke. It just didn't happen for him. So I don't know if his arms got burned out or if he just got tired when he went for the takedown. Minks just jumped on the choke and got it. There was a little piece of drama, though, because Minx didn't make weight. So I don't know how this affects his rankings. I don't know if he's going to end up going to featherweight sooner rather than later. So we shall see what happens. Okay, let's move on to UFC 268. Usman versus Covington. Two. Okay, I'm going to start with Bobby Green beats Ally Quinta TKO punches. This was one of the most violent knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Like, I thought Al was going to run through Bobby. Boy, was I wrong. I was so wrong. And I joke with my cousin all the time. I'm like, dude, the first time I saw Bobby Green fight was on that show, Bully Beatdown with Jason Mayhem Miller. 
Anyway, Bobby Green, is he ranked? I hope he's ranked. He should be ranked. He's not ranked. That's me. Have Bobby Green fight Tiago Moises? Even though I know Tiago Moises has a fight coming up. Or having fight Armin Sarukanan. I don't know, Bobby, Bobby looked good in this last fight. For Al, I don't know what Al would want to do. I know he does real estate. Again, they're not ranked in the top 15. So I don't know what Al would want to do. Um. Yeah, Bobby Green versus Al Aquino. It was a good fight. The, the TKO was really nasty. Alex Pereira versus Andres Mihalivis. I'm going to say this. People are going to get mad. I'm going to say this. Give Alex Pereira. I think his name is Andre, Andre Muniz. Did Andre lose or something? Cause why, why, why is he no longer in the ranking? I want to see Alex Pereira fight a top 15 guy. I don't care if that's number 13, number 14, number 15, number 12. Alex Pereira, even though it's only a second UFC fight, deserves a top 15 guy. Ask me why. Because of his striking credentials. And because he showed he could hold off a takedown. And if gets taken down, get up. If you want, put him up against the grappler. See how he does. Put him up against Kelvin Gastelum. Or Brad Tavares. Number 10 or 11. I know people are going to get mad because they're going to tell me progression of a fighter, fighter development and all this stuff. But I believe Alex's striking credentials should bear weight. And we give him a top 15 guy. Give him Nasordim Imanov. Imanov. Bro, what a fight card this was. And those are just the, the two prelims, right? I got more. The main card opener. Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler. What a fight. What a fight. Now, originally, I believe the battle order was supposed to go Shane Burgers, Shane Burgos, not Burgers, it shows you I'm hungry, versus Billy Qualantello or Quan Rantello, Marlon Barra versus Frankie Edgar, and then it was supposed to go Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler in the two title fights. But because... Kamar Usman, Rose Namajunas, and Justin share the same coach. He wanted time in between all three fights. So they switched the bout orders. They Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler opened the show. Fine. Great. 
Round one starts. Those guys are throwing bombs. I gave the first round to Chandler because he looked like he was the one landing the harder hits. And he was the one moving better. And he was going to the body. And then round two came. Justin murked Michael Chandler's leg. Hit him with an uppercut. Send him to the canvas. Round two goes to Justin. Round three gets a little murky because I honestly gave Chandler the fight because of the body work he did. Because I believe that's really underrated. There should be more fighters doing more body work, but there isn't. So, I'm not saying it was a robbery, but I personally gave it to Chandler. I'm not saying you had to, but I could see it be given to Gaethje too. Because Michael couldn't move, and he kept telling Gaethje to come into his range, which honestly is never a good look. What's next for both guys? Again, I think I said it earlier. I think Justin deserves a title shot. And then for Michael Chandler, the world is his oyster. He could either rematch Dan Hooker or fight Rafael Dos Anjos or Tony Ferguson. <coughs> I would honestly like to see him fight Tony Ferguson because... They had that back and forth back in December of last year, right? Where Tony ultimately ended up fighting Charles Oliveira. So it would be nice to see them run that back full circle. But Chandler had other ideas and called out Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's number nine right now. Chandler's number five. So that would be a good fight. I like Chandler's chances in that fight. But that was a war back and forth. And then Justin, like I said, deserves a title shot. Shane Burgos versus Billy Quarantello. Again, that was a good technical fight, but the problem was the crowd was booing because they just witnessed Chandler versus Gaethje. That's just a hard act to follow. But I think they got it right. Shane Burgos won easily. Marlon Vera beats Frankie Edgar via Anderson Silva front kick. I would like to see Frankie retire. It was a good fight. But I could clearly see Marlon running away with it. Marlon's just a new breed of fighter. Frankie at 40 years of age, I believe there's nothing left for him to prove. I believe he should just retire. I know his family wants him to retire. I believe he should retire. For Marlon, try to get a fight up in the rankings. Let's see, he's... He's number 11. You should honestly try to fight Marlon Moraes. Because Dominic Cruz, or wait for the winner of Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz. Because I know they're fighting soon. So we shall see.
Maybe you should do that and wait for the winner then. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. So we shall see what happens there. It's already been 32 minutes that I started this. Bro, it's already been 32 minutes and I'm not even having no half of what I want to talk about. I don't think it's been that long. Jesus, what the hell have I talked about? I talked about like three things. Okay, the, the title fight. Rose Nama Yunus versus Wei Li. Great fight. I have to go back. I'm going to go back and rewatch both of these fights. Because they were close, man. Originally, I did give Rose rounds. Okay, I believe I gave Whaley the first two. And then I gave Rose rounds three, four, and five. And then for the Kamar Usman fight, I gave Kamaru rounds one and two. And then three and four, I gave them to Kobe. The fifth one could have went up in the air. I gotta go back and watch these fights. I will make a YouTube video on them. But what a crazy fight. Like, you could immediately see Frank, I mean, not Frankie, Henry Cejudo's influence on Wei Li. She went for the takedowns. Her legs look huge. Captain Eric Alberson was in her corner. The takedowns look great. The fight itself played out great. I love Rose's adjustment throughout the fight, and she was able to take her down and ultimately win the fifth round. That's what won her the round, the takedown and the control. What's next for Rose is easy, Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza. Why? Because that's her last loss. If you guys remember, actually Carolina Kovalkiewicz's, but We've seen the progression of her career. It's not me being me, it's me being honest. And Carla's right there. And they were the in the finals, both of them, for their season of the Ultimate Fighter, where the winner was ultimately crowned the, fly, the strawweight champion. And then for Wei Li, can I be honest with you? I wouldn't want to see her fight Joanna again. Because I know Yana's waiting for a certain fight, and I believe that fight is Whaley. Or if not, Marina Rodriguez. Like, who else is Marina Rodriguez going to fight at this point? She's number three. She has a loss to Carla, so I, that's why I believe Carla deserves the fight over Marina. Although Dana says because of Carla's inactivity, that might not happen, which I don't understand why. Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington. First of all, great fight. Great fight by both men. The one thing that, that did bother me, and it's because I've heard this from many people, Colby looked scared. Let me ask you something. 
if the guy you're fighting murked the person he was fighting the last three times he fought him he fought after you did after you both fought and he's knocking these guys out wouldn't you be a little tentative than you were the first time you fought that person so this narrative that Colby fought scared it's garbage Colby fought smart because if you look at that second round what happened to him is what he was trying to avoid the whole fight. <laughs> he got clipped. Dan Mergliotta let it continue. Good job on you, Dan. He was able to find his way back into the fight. Going into the fifth, it could have easily been 2-2. Two, two. two of the judges saw it that way. It ended up giving the fifth to Kamaru. One judge did not see it that way and had it 3-1 going into the fifth. Again, I have to look at that fifth round because you could have easily given it to Kobe. What's next for each guy? Well, I'm going to break some news here. Jorge Masvidal's out. Him and Leon Edwards are no longer fighting on December 11th. Due to an undisclosed injury, Mazadal received. So, this throws a monkey wrench into everything. Because with a win, Leon could have secured the title shot, right? But now, I don't know what happens. Because, Leon's saying, okay, well, since Mazadal's out, I'm going to go get a title shot. Whereas everybody was assuming Hamza was going to try to be the labor placement because they were supposed to fight a couple times since the end of last year to the beginning of this year. And then that ultimately just didn't happen. So I don't know if now Leon and Usman will do the ultimate fighter. I don't know if that leaves the path open for Colby to fight Masvidal. Either way, I'm ready because I believe Hamza will fight at least two times before he gets a title shot. And I'm just excited to see where they go with this whole division. I would have liked to see Jorge fight Leon. But it may work in Jorge's favor if he goes to fight Covington, beats him, and Leon somehow beats Usman. That works in his favor because that makes their fight ten times bigger. So, yes, it's a bummer that they lost that fight, but in the long run it could be a way bigger fight. I believe next for Kamar Usman, he will fight Leon Edwards at some point in 2022. And then I believe Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal will fight. So, one of those pairs is going to be the next coaches for the Ultimate Fighter. And if they do it right, it would be Masvidal and Kobe because those guys will make TV, good TV.
But I don't know if Jorge's going to want to do it because he might punch the dude when he sees him in the gym. So I don't know if he's willing to do it. So we'll see. Let's move on to this weekend's Bellator fights. Chris Cyborg will take on Sinead Kavanaugh. Aaron Pico will take on Justin Gonzalez. Valerie Loretta will take on Taylor Turner. Can I ask you what's next for what's left for Cyborg to do? Because in my mind, she's already been Strike Force champion. She's Invicta champion. She's UFC champion. She's Bellator champion. The only other belt out there that she hasn't grabbed that wouldn't be considered a regional belt would be the PFL belt. I don't know how many fights are left on her contract. I do know this will be her fourth fight under the Bellator banner. And I honestly believe she's going to finish her career in Bellator. So unless Kayla Harrison comes to Bellator, I don't see none of those dream fights happening. Like, I honestly don't see her fighting Amanda Nunes again. Honestly. Aaron Pico versus Justin Gonzalez. Again. Two top 10 featherweights for Bellator. I was in the media day today for Aaron Pico, and I asked him, like, is there interest in you fighting AJ? And I guess he has stated in the past that he doesn't have interest in that because they're, they're friends. But another reporter did ask him, do you believe by the time you're going to fight for the title, AJ would have moved on to lightweight? He's like, yes. I do believe that would happen. And it's interesting, right, because now Patricky is the champion at lightweight. And AJ has expressed interest in fighting at lightweight and making it a whole family affair with the Pitbull brothers. And then Valerie Loretta returns after losing her last fight. So we'll see what happens. It's a great card. I'm going to try to get into the post-fight press conference as well. But really, what's left for Cyborg? A rematch with Amanda Nunes? I honestly don't think that interests her. Even though us as fans, we're going <laughs> to... We'll watch it. But, unfortunately, I believe her and Dana's relationship, non-existent relationship, isn't very healthy for the that matchup. So I believe the best we'll get is Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg. The only question is, under what banner does it happen? Does Kayla come to PF? I mean, does Kayla resign with PFL, or does she come over to Bellator? Because Chris has said that she'll fight her at 155 in PFL. Okay, now we're going to talk about Usman's impact on the sport as a whole. Like, if you look at what that guy has done, it's impressive, man. He was 
Five and one when he started in the UFC. When he beat Haider Hassan in the ultimate finale, he became six and one. After that, he fought Leon Edwards. And then he fought Alexander Yokoslev. That's seven and one, eight and one. Wally Alva is nine and one. Sean Strickland, ten and one. Sergio Moraes, 11 and 1. Emil Weber Meek, 12 and 1. Damian Maya, 13 and 1. This Damian Maya one is when people start to notice. Rafael Dos Anjos, 14 and 1. Tyron Woodley, 15 and 1. Colby Covington, 16 and 1. Jorge Mazadal, 17 and 1. Gilbert Burns, 18 and 1. Jorge Mazadal. So this dude is 20 and 1. If he wins his next six fights, he will have a 25 win streak. And then he'll have a, let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. If he wins, oh, hold on. That's 15 fights. If he wins his next six fights, he'll have a 21 fight win streak in the UFC. When he lost, he was one and one. So let me see. One. He has a 25 win streak right now. This is how I'm in my career. So I do understand when Anderson came in and what he was doing was next level crazy, but this dude's record has to be even better, right? Because he's about to break a whole bunch of records. Now, I do understand he has 10 wins by decision, 1 by submission, 9 by knockout. But you have to understand those decision wins are also impressive because he's very dominant. Like, they're not close. Like, the only close fights you can say he's had are the Colby Covington fights. Because the other ones are complete domination. Leon Edwards, complete domination. Alexander Yagoslev, probably complete domination. Wally Alves, complete domination. Meek, complete domination. Dos Anjos, that I saw, complete domination. Damian Maya, from what I heard, was complete do domination. Tyrone Willie, complete domination. Close fight against Colby Covington the first time, TKO. Jorge Masvidal, complete domination. Gilbert Burns, complete domination. Jorge Masvidal, the second fight, there was a little adversity, but he ended up knocking him out. Stiff cold in the second round. This last fight against Colby, there were some spots, but more or less complete domination. Like, when when is it that we start saying this guy is the GOAT? Because he is. He's got one loss, yes. But after that, he's been absolutely perfect.
And I'll tell you this. If he were to go up and fight Israel, I like his chances. He has the style to beat Israel because he has the power of punches. And he has the wrestling. And we saw that Izzy struggles with wrestlers. I don't think that's going to happen because they have a really great relationship. But you never know, man. Money's a powerful motivator. Marina Rodriguez, well, I talked about her a little bit, but we'll, I'll talk about her some more. Marina Rodriguez is number three. So if Whaley fights Ro, I mean, Joanna, and Carla fights Rose, I believe... Marina should just wait. She should wait and be the backup for one of those fights because she's number three. She's lost to Carla, so let's say Rose gets her. She could try and get her revenge there. If Carla gets her, she'd be like, all right, I'm ready for a title shot. Give it to me. If Wei Li gets her, she fights a legend and, and Joanna. And if Joanna gets her, she fights the number one contender. So, she's in a similar position to what Justin Gaethje was in. So, I like where Marina Rodriguez is at right now. You could take her in a whole bunch of different places. So, if I was Marina, I'd wait and see what happens between Whaley, Joanna, Carla, and Rose. Because the UFC could easily just be like, okay, Rose, you're going to find Marina Rodriguez or Rodriguez. Which, I'd watch it. What happens when alternates miss weight? Okay. I wanted to talk about this because Vicente Luque was the alternate for the Usman Covington title fight. In case one of them couldn't make weight, he was going to come in. But now what happens when an alternate misses weight? Because it wasn't like he missed it. He missed it by 2.4 pounds. Almost 2.5 pounds. Wait, was that him? Yeah, he weighed in at one No, he missed it by 2.2 pounds. Sorry. I was reading somebody else. But he missed it by 172.2. He's supposed to be 170.0. So, what should be the reprimand? For me, it would be they have to fight one or two more times against the top contender. Because if there's not going to be no reprimand, and like, because this is them saying, like, bro, we trust you. Like, do this, do us this solid, and you'll probably get the next shot. But because he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, there has to be some sort of punishment. Because he's not going to get fined because originally he's not supposed to fight. So, and I heard he got paid. I don't know what he got paid, but I heard he got paid. Luckily, they didn't need him because Colby and Usman both made weight. But, I don't know, man. 
there has to be some sort of punishment. I I would say you make him fight one or two more times. Again, I want to see him fight Hamza. I believe that's the fight we all need that nobody wants to talk about. On going back, um, because I'm looking at this article right now. This is Justin Gaethje rips breath. Mike Beltran says UFC 268 called could have cost him a hundred a million dollars. I believe what he's talking about is the eye poke where Chandler like poked him and then the ref didn't call it, so Chandler goes in to blitz him. Something like what Megan Anderson did with Kedzingano. But again, they're in the heat of the moment. If the ref doesn't pull him off, you can't really blame Chandler. Um, I know I talked about Alex Pereira. But what's his impact on the middleweight division? It's that it's that little voice in the back of all of our heads, right? Like, what if this is the guy to finally dethrone Izzy? Because he's beating Izzy in kickboxing, which is what Izzy beats everybody else in. But this is MMA. What if Izzy goes in there, uses Otto's jiu-jitsu, and chokes him out? I believe Izzy's a purple belt. I don't know Alex's belt ranking. I'm going to ask his manager, though. I will ask his manager. But Alex Pereira is giving new blood to the middleweight division again. I want to see him fight a top 15 guy next. I believe Alex deserves it. He's not that young. He's 35 already. So, like Michael Chandler here says, I believe he's here for a good time, not a long time. Um, Holloway versus Rodriguez. In the main event, you got Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. In the co-main, you got Ben Rothwell versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. You got Felicia Spencer fighting Lydia Letson. Sonia Dong fighting Julio Arce. And look, here it is. Tiago Moises is going to fight Joel, Joel Alvarez. Cynthia Calvillo is going to fight Andrea Lee. Miguel Brizo will fight Chaos Williams. Sean Woodson will fight Colin Aglin. Courtney Casey is going to fight Liana Jojua. So, Max Holloway versus Jair Rodriguez. I believe Max's pace is going to be too much for Jair. Like, the only way I see Jair winning this is if he catches Max with, like, some spinning kick. And I believe Max's footwork will be too much for that. And I believe... Max will ultimately win a decision. Although Yair's confident in saying that he's going to win before the five rounds are over. So, I don't know if he's been working on something. I do like Ben Rothwell in this fight. Felicia Spencer, I like this fight. 
Um, I'm a big fan of Cynthia Calvillo. I always like to watch her fights. She reminds me a lot of Nick and Nate Diaz. So we'll see what happens. It's a great fight card. <coughs> so to end this episode, what are we going to do? We're going to go play matchmaker. So again, like I said, for Justin Gaethje, I want to see him get the winner of Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier. Um, for Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Kamar Usman with this new development with Jorge Masvidal being out. I would like to see him fight Leon Edwards. And then Colby should fight Masvidal if they do the Ultimate Fighter. One of those two pairings should do it, whether it be Usman and Edwards or Masvidal and Covington. I want to see Hamza fight Neil Magny. Glover's probably going to fight Yuri Prochatska. Jan should probably fight Tiago Santos. Uh, I would like to see where Dominic Ray is going to go because I know he's going to return at some point next year. Rose should fight Carla Esparza. <coughs> Wei Li should either fight Marina Rodriguez or... Joanna, I would want to see her fight Joanna, see if they could recreate that magic. We shall see, man. But that's all I got for you guys. Enjoy the fights. Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Chris Cyborg versus... Sinead Kavanaugh Friday and then Max versus Yair Saturday. Alright, deuces guys. Peace.